0: Welcome to the Loop Page Podcast. Insecurities. Do you have any? No, of course you don't. Either do I. Oh, we're the same. Yeah, look, we've all got insecurities, right? Um, this episode talks about how to break free from those, the ones that are holding you back from showing up and reaching your fullest potential. This episode is taken from another podcast that was I was on, Catherine Beck's The Voice of Your Brand. And in this, uh, in this podcast, I was speaking about a couple of my past insecurities and how they really held me back and how I got through them and even current insecurities and present insecurities. And I think that a lot of people wish their insecurities to disappear and go away. But here's the thing, no matter how high you climb or how far you go, you'll always have insecurities. And if you get rid of the insecurity that you're thinking of right now, the one that you just want gone, whatever that is for you, another one's going to pop up anyway. So I. I think it's more about less, okay, how do I get rid of them to how do I actually still show up despite having them? When you can do that, you'll never be stopped. If you can only operate when they're gone, then you're going to be constantly stopped. As soon as you get rid of the insecure that you got right now, a new one's going to come up and then you'll be frozen for a while and then you might eventually get rid of that and a new one will come up. So you'll just be starting and stopping. So we need to learn how to deal with them. Uh, when we've actually got them so uh, this episode's all about that all right here we go you're listening to the Luke Page podcast the number one podcast specifically made for coaches get ready for out-of-the-box conversations from the world's leading coaches and experts we're going to be talking all things business health happiness and just being the most amazing human being that you can why well I ask why not See, we're only here once. We've got one life. So let's make this thing count. I believe that we can have it all, all the money, all the love, all the joy, all the success, all the excitement. I'm here for all of it. And if you are too, then come along with me. Let's do this.
1: Thanks so much for joining me back here on The Voice of Your Brand podcast. Today, I have a special episode. I am speaking with Luke Page. And Luke is over on this part of the world with me, Down Under. He is an Australian entrepreneur who helps frustrated coaches who aren't growing fast enough in their business. They're not hitting those consistent 10K months, not getting consistent clients every month. Well, he teaches them how to show up as a leader in their industry, how to sell In the most effective and natural way. So, you're not going for that pushy, sleazy type of salesy way, and shows them how to use social media to attract their audience. Luke has been teaching sales and leadership for over 14 years. And for the last six years, he has been specifically helping coaches grow their online businesses. I am so excited to share this interview with you. So, let's roll that interview welcome welcome to the podcast Luke it is so great to see you and have you here on the podcast with us
0: yeah great to be back Catherine we spoke um what was it not even 12 hours ago so uh good to see you again
1: yeah 24 hours
0: 24
1: 24, hours yes it was 24 hours ago yeah. So yesterday I was recording a podcast episode for Luke's podcast, and now here he is speaking to all of us. And I'm so excited to have you here. We were just diving into a little bit of your backstory and maybe let's start with that. Do you want to like let the listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, my name is Luke Page and uh, I help coaches grow their business. Um, in particular, I help coaches hit 10K months so um i focus on basically teaching them how to set their business up so it's bringing consistent clients so it's almost like we set up like a system and a machine that you know brings new people into their audience each um each month and uh you know nurtures them builds trust with them and connection and then like kind of turns them into an interested person and into a paying client ultimately but I do, all, I do that and we do that all without um, paid ads needing to create the fancy funnels and all that type of thing. Um, and, you know, I've been teaching people how to sell for like 15 years, Catherine. So like, I've got like a big part of my philosophy is teaching coaches how to sell but just really authentically.
1: Mm. And
0: I call it authentic sales. And what authentic sales is to me is – Knowing how to sell, knowing the process of selling and sales and how it all works, um, but you do that whilst just you know being real, just being your normal self. I think when people, what a lot of the time we coaches uh, or just people in general, when they start to sell, they turn into some sales robot, right? You know what yeah. I'm
1: talking about? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: So uh, you know, you just want to know the process of sales because it, it literally is like taking someone from being uninterested to interested. There's a process that you take people through, right? So just knowing that, but then you're just being your normal self along the way. So you don't have to turn into some professional person or you don't have to turn into someone who uses scripts or anything. Um, you just be your normal, weird, strange, unique self, yeah. <laughs>
1: Definitely. Yeah. Now you and I have uh something in common see we're both in Australia. You're in Melbourne is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I was Sydney. actually just
0: in Sydney um a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah. Oh, you were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Well, oh. welcome. I hope I think the weather was good a couple of days ago.
0: Sydney's always weather. I was been I was in Sydney 2 weeks before that and the weather was good. It's always like I mean yeah. compared to Melbourne we, Sydney's weather is awesome so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we were just talking, and I am really fascinated because you are similar to me. Where our audience and our clients that we work with are predominantly in the U.S., and uh, I thought that was really interesting because you know you're over here. I always think you know most of your clients would be in Melbourne and Australia, but you're you're like me. They're they're over there. How how did that evolve for you?
0: Uh, I, when I first got into coaching, about think close to six years ago um i i i mainly worked with guys guys in australia um and i didn't have an instagram account um i was like on the facebook scene and i don't know i my my wife was on instagram and just like a normal user right and instagram back then even though it was definitely growing and developing it's just so different to where it's at now um, but yeah, my wife said, you got to get on Instagram, uh, way different to Facebook. Like Facebook was really, um, you know, you post your statuses and stuff like that. Very, it was like, it tend to be very strategical on there. Yeah. Very I feel like the, it was like masculine approach to business and Instagram tended to be more feminine. Um, Anyway, my wife got me on Instagram, I opened up an account. I remember I didn't even know hey, this is so funny. I didn't even know how to literally change a photo on Instagram, as in like go to the next photo on someone's profile. That's literally that's how bad it was on Instagram. <laughs> right. So I opened up an account, didn't know what I was doing, but I just figured it out. Yeah. And um when I hit Instagram, it was a way different market. Um I just found that because of Instagram's very visual and beautiful and pretty um different kind of approach that you use on Facebook found a lot of um women were were kind of on there and that's where my audience built right and not only that is that um that's where all the it kind of opened up to the the U.S. scene. so Mm. um I mean not only the U.S. but just the world yeah so um that's where it all kind of started from was opening up the Instagram account and um yeah when you you know your post content it gets shown around the world and just slowly kind of built over the time you know so that's how uh, i started working with people around the world and especially the u.s because now the u.s and look a- australia and u.s are, are the definitely the dominant areas it's australian u.s is quite similar um last year it was more majority australian uh, mm-hmm. maybe two years ago but now it's mm-hmm. swung slightly to the u.s um and then Yeah, well behind would be UK. Um, So it's kind of like Australia, US is very similar, but US is at front at the moment. And then you got kind of the UK and you'll have Europe and stuff like that and random places, which is just makes up a small amount. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I got into the US market. Hello to your Americans listening out there, by the way.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. We're very global here on the Voice of Your Brand podcast. And anybody else. Everyone else. Yes. So you know, because my background, I do work with a lot of people on their accents. I do know that there is a fondness in the US for the Australian accent. Do you find that people are attracted to you because of your lovely Australian accent, want to work with you?
0: Well, funny you say that, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can
0: I tell you a story about my accent insecurities?
1: <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, um, funny because like I come from I come from Melbourne and you, I don't know if you notice it. Do you notice that people from Melbourne and compared to Sydney, Melbourne tend to have a bit more roughness and rawness in their accent in general?
1: Do you find that? You know, listening to you speak now, because I, every now and then I can hear slight differences, uh, varieties of the Aussie accent, is it a little bit more, when you say roughness, is it just a touch more nasal, like nasality in the the Melbourne versus the the Sydney cider? It's a little bit more cultivated. It's a little bit more open and sophisticated in that sense.
0: The only thing that grabbed me there, Catherine, because you're... you're um... Your How you pronounce and how you describe speech is way al- above my level of, you know, competence <laughs> and awareness, right? So the only thing that grabbed my attention there is when you said, oh, uh, what did you say? Nasal? Openness, sophistication.
1: Uh, sophistication. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I, I find that, and look, uh, it could be, I'm from um, a, a, a the West in Melbourne, which is kind of like, you know, 35 k's out from the city a little bit rough yep. and tougher
1: mm-hmm. so that,
0: that generally has things to do with the sophistication maybe it might be the same in sydney but in general if i look at my wife's from sydney right so i always that's why we go up to sydney a fair bit she's from closer to the city a lot of her friends are and mm-hmm. um you know when i speak to them it's like they're clearly a little bit more sophisticated than eastern myself suburbs. Is
1: eastern it East-
0: suburbs yeah yeah um yeah. a bit a little bit of the northern suburbs even oh, and the
1: yeah even the mm-hmm. inner
0: west and all that type of thing but i just generally find a little bit more sophisticated with how they talk um so what was i talking about it was about the accent. Of-
1: you had a story about your accent. Uh, insecurity yeah. about your accent or something insecurity like that? Insecurity
0: about the accent. I don't know what's that got to do with what I was talking about there. You're probably going to find that that's what I do, Catherine, is I go to rabbit holes <laughs> and I don't even know. What-
1: well, I even- okay. I think I was asking a question. Were uh, any Americans attracted to your accent? Because mm. I do know that Americans do love the Australian accent. Like, do you find that that is kind of like – uh, a magnet like people from the US maybe are drawn to want to work w- with you because of the way you sound.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's what I was going to get to. So, for starters, I should have asked: Is there swearing on this, Catherine, or not?
1: Go for it. It's fine.
0: Okay, because I tend to swear every now and then. Um, all right. So I'm from yeah, I'm from Melbourne, and it's it's usually like in a, in a West area, a little bit more rougher. So yeah, um, I was when I started jumping on Instagram, and I was you know getting followers from the us and stuff like that i was i was worried that hey you know this my accent's going to kill me yeah it's going to work against me
1: mm-hmm.
0: um once the americans find out my australian accent they might watch a video and maybe i'm like this music over the top and they can't hear my voice once they find out my real voice they're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> don't know about this weird aussie dude yeah um yeah so yeah i was like dumbing myself not we're not dumbing but as in I was putting a mask on I was kind of Mm. like talking a little bit more sophisticated yeah Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: I wasn't letting my roughness and rawness out and my weirdness and I mean this is this is one thing we always struggle with which is the fear of caring what other people think and we put these masks and costumes on so that's just what I was going through when I was kind of in the early days of the Instagram and even still today you know I always whenever I look at you know my next 90 days. What am I focusing on? Every single 90 days, Catherine. Guess what I say to myself, Luke. Keep dropping the mask. Oh, really? Hundred percent. Because I just know that, and you know, our true power is lie within. Just stop caring. I just wanna quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I've put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you wanna know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably wanna check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k. I'm going to pop that link in the show notes. But anyway, let's get back to the episode. We were talking yesterday about the acting thing.
1: Mm. If I
0: didn't care what these people thought of me, think of me. So just a quick backstory, everybody. Um, I was talking to Catherine yesterday when she was on my podcast and I was just saying that I, I've got into acting and I started that last year. And my biggest struggle with acting at the moment is my my lack of belief in myself. I believe in myself, but like that, that's a struggle when I go into auditions and things where it's so new to me um i feel a little bit out of place because i'm around actors that have been doing this their whole life they've done courses and training and i've done nothing so mm-hmm. i feel like a little bit of an imposter and when i go to audition or something even though i do a fairly good job it's still not 100 percent free still that little voice in my mind going who are you to be doing this Luke? come on man like you're not an actor like you're not you're okay but not to this level like these people and that stops you from really you know performing and doing your best whatever it is that you need to do yeah being the character yeah. that you need to be so um i always you know it's every nine days i just like luke keep dropping the mask keep dropping the mask and Um, I'm mind you, I'm pretty good. Like if you look at my content, I like, I share some rawness and roughness and stuff about myself, but like, it's, I believe that I I can always keep dropping the mask and always keep dropping Mm. the mask. So that's why in the early days of Instagram, wow, the mask was heavy and thick, you know, there was, there was a very heavy mask on and it was as simple as just my accent. So, um, um, yeah, I was talking in my content a little bit more polished
1: mm-hmm. yes yeah
0: um holding back from sharing my rough westy accent mm-hmm. and even saying things like westy is in australia i say i put wise on the end of everything yeah catherine so very you, awesome. know, you don't ever say a word normal everything's got nicknames and yep yeah i wasn't doing that stuff i <laughs> so, i um it wasn't until I I joined this, um I joined a mastermind and up until then, you know, I've always been someone who's got coaching and done workshops and courses, man, I've done everything like so many courses over the years. Yeah. Like I don't, while my mates go and buy, I don't know, toys and stuff like that. I buy courses. You're probably a lot of yourself and a lot of people can relate to that, right? Mm-hmm. That's where you spend your money and courses and self-development.
1: We're a weird bunch, aren't we? We're a weird bunch. <laughs> We're the
0: weirdos. <laughs> um so yeah i um i up until then i'd always got coaching from guys i just like was always drawn to men mm-hmm. and because the instagram thing was different i was feeling a lot of feminine energy i thought you know what i need to access this part of me and my previous coach um talked about these two sides which is you know masculine feminine energy and talks about leadership and love <laughs> And he's saying, Luke, you've got great leadership. Yeah. Um, you can kind of speak your truth, speak it with power. You can call people out. Your weakness is your heart, the love side. Yeah. A great coach, a great leader, a great salesperson can have strength in leadership, speak their truth with belief and conviction, call people out when need be, but they balance it with the love side. They have compassion and empathy and sympathy for them, right? You'll never be amazing. You'll be you'll never be an amazing communicator or a lot or coach. Where until you can be strong, strong in both of those, you got strong leadership. The love side of you kind of is weak. The feminine side of you, Luke, you need to let out. You've got that blocked off. Just the typical guy thing, yeah. I was mm-hmm. kind of the typical strong guy. So I was like, I remember uh, that message that my previous coach had said to me. I'm like, all right. So I'm on Instagram. I'm getting this feminine energy. I need to explore this. So I'm like, okay, next coach. I joined a coach and I was looking particularly and specifically for a feminine coach, female, feminine coach. Um, Joined this mastermind with 15 of us and 14 of them were girls. (laughs) So I was the only guy in there. It was weird. Um, but it was a great experience because, wow, <laughs> I got an insight into how a group of women get together because i had never, I, I go into the group of men, you know what I mean? And it was such a different experience, what they think about, what they feel, what they worry about. I'm just like, OMG, You're like this is full on. It was such a great insight because it was so different to the way that I think. And I had no idea, um, of, just so many things that this group of women tend to worry about, which to me was nothing, but then I worry about completely different things. So it really gave me a great insight into relating to like female coaches, right? Feminine coaches. So anyway, that was a really good experience. And then one day we had a coaching um, call. We were kind of opening up about our vulnerabilities and stuff. And I said that I have, I'm, I'm worried about my accent. I have got a fear that if I really let my accent out that the, you know, the the Americans aren't going to like it and that'll kind of cost me. And then a bunch of them started unmuting himself and going, whoa, Luke, we love your accent. Yeah. We love your accent. Hey, that's what draw me to you, Luke, your accent. And then that changed things for me, Catherine. So slowly, it wasn't instantly bang, mask off. But it was like, okay, cool. I'm drop, I'm taking this little layer of masking off. Interesting. So that's what started the accent thing. Now, like you said, Catherine, is that you know, you love my accent, and it's pretty simple. Some people will hate my accent. Not everyone is, but they're not the right people for me. Some people will love my accent. They're the people for me. So now I totally embrace it yeah I totally embrace it and I see that's my strength because it's just like that's my unique thing and that's it our accents are make us unique
1: mm-hmm. Yeah that's it. It, it there's so much history in our voice and our accent and you know the more that we fight it the the harder it becomes because you are like you said putting on that mask and there's that barrier between you and your audience. And when we can, you know, in, in acting in stage, we call it the fourth wall. When you break down that fourth wall, then people can really get to see you. And that vulnerability is such an important piece in the relationship that you have with them because they need to be able to trust you. And if that fourth wall is up, it's very hard to build that trust with that mask, right?
0: Oh, yeah definitely hundred percent yeah I think um I think what's the um do we have coaches in the in the audience Catherine um yeah. and online entrepreneurs type thing is that mainly the audience yep
1: yeah. so we've got a mix of online entrepreneurs coaches but then I do have other types of creatives that listen to this at least some actors
0: mmm yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, I, I think it's just yeah the, the vulnerability thing. Um, you know, we just want to connect with people, and I can just talk from the coaching point of view, or even just any sort of teach or mentor. Which I think a lot of the um, you know the, a lot of people listening to this will be. We're great at our craft. We've done so much training. Um, we've learned so many things about the thing that we teach or help out with, um, but sometimes, with that. We can get stuck into well, we know everything, we struggle at nothing, we're always good, we're never suffering. Um, because me growing up, I know that that's what I'm exposed to. You see the teacher at school, they know everything. But since when does the teacher, when you're in you know, high school, get up in front of the class and go, I'm struggling, everybody. Having a bad day and really struggling at home or like, oh, like never. It's just like they're always, you know, got it together and like, okay, class, this is what we're going through. So, like, that's been the model for most people on how to be a leader, a teacher, a mentor, a coach. But um, yeah, if you do that, especially in today, if you just be the coach or the leader or the mentor that just teaches and shares all their knowledge and everything that they know, and okay, that I know everything and I'm all good, you just won't get the connection with people because people want to relate and people relate by looking at someone and going, okay, cool. I see something in that person, that coach or mentor, that is within me. And it's two ways. Number one, I see in that coach and mentor something that I want for myself. And then number two is I see something in that coach and mentor that I am going through right now. So that's the two things. You want to be a great coach is obviously, yeah, cool. You got to be awesome at what you do. But then Mm -hmm. you've got to be able to relate to the people that you're helping. You've got to be able to share the same struggles or have been through the same struggles and challenges.
1: And the the struggles and challenges never bloody finish ever. They never end. They never end. Never end. And, you know, listening to you speak, a thought popped up in my head, really curious about you, because, you know, oftentimes we teach – what we experience of what we've gone through. When you were working with predominantly males over here in Australia when you were first starting out, what was that about? Is it the same thing that you're coaching now, or was that slightly different? Like was there a pivot?
0: It's the same thing, but definitely the philosophies were way different. Way
1: different.
0: Mm. Um I taught because I come from a background in sales and like okay. I taught the, I basically taught coaches how to sell hardcore, right? So cold calling, right? cold calling, you, you know, you put an ad out, um, you would get uh, someone download your lead magnet, you'd cold call them because back in those days, people okay. used to leave their real phone numbers, believe it or not. These days it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. But you put a lead magnet out, people would, you know, to get the lead magnet would drop their name and their email on there their actual mobile number, you would cold call them and just do this stupid rattling off script. Hey, Catherine, what's up? Luke here. Um, Just got, you know, I got your details from that little, um, you know, the 15 steps to getting coaching clients. Um, Look, this is kind of random me calling you, but uh, I'm going to be giving away um, just for today um, a free program or some access to my program, which is normally worth $2,000. But you know what? I was sitting here today and kind of had an, an extra hour in my diary spare. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to call up a few people that have downloaded my my resource and, and hand, hand, give away one of these free programs. Like it was BS.
1: Mm.
0: It worked, but it was so BS. And mind you, it was very, very, very hard to pull off. If you're a great salesperson, you could do it. But the thing is, is that it it was very hard to pull off, very hard for a coach because a coach is like, I'm a coach. Yeah, I'm not a salesperson. I'm Mm -hmm. great at what I do. Like, you're awesome at what you do in regards to helping people with a voice. Catherine, you're trained in that. And, you know, whoever's listening to this, you're trained in your craft, but are you really trained in being a salesperson? So you just had to, it was intense overcoming objections. And, you know, you'd close people into your program just off two or three phone calls. That's it so you had to overcome crazy objections it was it was really full on so i kind of like um yeah i, I obviously it's a very that type of strategy attracted so many men yeah mm-hmm. um and it worked for some but for few yeah and it worked amazingly for some but for few and that kind of got to me over the course of about a year and a half i was like man got a program here and so few people are getting results and that didn't sit well with me um, so I'm kind of like, all right, how can I create a program that is higher chance for people winning? And what I kind of figured out is that you've got to drop the sales thing. You've got to figure out the sales thing. And, um, so that's kind of how I kind of pivoted to a different type. And that's when I opened up an Instagram account and I kind of changed my model and the model developed over the years and I even upgraded it last year. Mm. So yeah, that's how I kind of it started, yeah. With
1: that yeah. Time. And was it as you were navigating your way through Instagram and dropping the mask, did that start to orchestrate the the journey of your program and your your coaching style and and your methodology as well where you you know realize well this authentic selling really is the way to go and I'm seeing the results therefore I can get the results for my coaches too
0: yeah i mean i i just i got over the me because you know in regards to me getting client i was doing the exact same thing so Mm -hmm. lead magnet cold calling bloody selling massive objection handling yeah it'd be like most people you know you buy you'd sell them into a 5k program and they'll be like Oh, well, I need to speak to my wife. And then you objection, I had this little technique, which I learned from Jordan Belfort, which is the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it worked, but it was just, man, I just feel bad. Like it was kind of like you took advantage of people, yeah? Mm-hmm. Like um, if if someone wasn't strong, I'd sell them in, yeah? And mind you, if they weren't strong and I'd sell them in, they wouldn't be strong enough to follow my strategy yeah and mind you i didn't i didn't create the strategy i learned it from a program so i just kind of rinsed and repeat right Mm -hmm. um so yeah that just over over a a year and half or so of doing that i just felt this is not right yeah there's kind of like i got the okay luke this is wrong what you're doing is wrong yeah so that made me go hey luke okay passionate about this area i generally want to help people but I want to do things my way. Yeah. Because what I've been doing is I've been doing it, what I've been taught. And because I had a bit of experience in it now, I'm like, all right, Luke, come on, Luke, like, let's make your own way of doing things. So that's where I started tweaking the strategy and how I approach things and everything like that. Um, And, you know, slowly things adjusted over time to, you know, kind of how I do things now.
1: Mm, Love it. You know, what you and I do are so similar because voice is, you know, speaking is selling and yeah, we talked absolutely. about it on your, your podcast too, you know, like uh, with the six second sell is, is essentially anytime you're, you're selling, it's just a conversation really. Mm-hmm. And when you can come from that place, it, beca- it it can be an authentic conversation that leads to an outcome that, you know, is for that person to make a decision whether, you know, they want to choose one path or the other. But mm. it, it becomes more empowering, doesn't it, when you essentially give them that choice and then it's up to them to decide if they're ready to to make a change.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't do objection handling anymore. I mean, look, if someone goes to me, Luke, I want to do this so bad. I need your help, please. Help me get through this. No probs, I'll do it. Yeah, but now it's just kind of like, hey, here it is. Here's the info. Let me know if you're in or out. That's it. They want to come yeah. in. They come back to me. Like I just had someone uh, yesterday message me that I had sent information about my program, and she goes, "Hey, oh, hey, Luke. Um, I just want to kind of sit on things for a, a week, and I'll get back to you." I'm like, "Yeah, cool, awesome. I won't. I won't follow her up." And it's just like, um, you know. Could have I got more sales if I kind of did my old sales, you know, objection handling thing over the years? Probably, yeah. But this just sits better with me. Yeah. It's uh it's nicer. It's nicer for me, it's nicer for them.
1: Mm.
0: And it's kind of like, yeah, people have to be grown up enough to make their own decisions, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if you're a projector. Do you know anything about human design?
0: I have looked at it and that does sound familiar. How many of them are there?
1: <laughs> uh I'm a projector. There we're we're less uh common. Like there's generators, manifestors, manifesting generators. Those are the most common. And then underneath is projectors. And yep. then the least common, very rare, is reflectors. And with projectors, we wait for the invitation. So we've got the wisdom, but people mm-hmm. come to us when they're ready. And when they're ready, then they receive and really benefit from it. But with projectors, it's not about like, you know, actively going out and, you know, in a sense, like pushing or, you know, shouting to the rooftops, this is what I do and this is my wisdom. People mm. will come to you, they'll see it and then yep. they'll come to you and say, okay, I'm ready. So you wait for the invitation.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I don't know which one I am. I know I've, I possibly am that one. The two out of all the ones that you rattled off then? The two mm-hmm. ones that stood out to me is what you just said. And the second manifesto one, did you what what was the second manifesto one?
1: Manifesting generator or there's manifester. Uh
0: I possibly manifesting generator was the other one that stands out. So definitely one of those two. Cause they are, I've I've done it before. I just can't remember.
1: Yeah, you could be a manifesting generator because you've got that sort of like go go mentality as well. And, you know, you've got that vision. So it's it's a toss up like i would have thought you'd have been more like a manifesting generator but then when you said yep. that i was like oh maybe he is a projector you never maybe know a projector could be a projector <laughs> um okay well we digress so
0: we digress by the way that is such a like that is such an american time that
1: is we digress.
0: Oh, no one in australia says that
1: Oh, this is why I want to ask you, because this is such a cool conversation about accents and stuff like that and working globally. So like, do you find, um, what do I want to ask you? Did you, have you ever tried to sound more American to attract an American audience? Mm Because I have one client, she's from Australia. She learned the American accent with me when she was an actor and she lives over in the U S and she actually found that being in the U S it served her better to sound American. It was, she wow. was better received in her industry, specifically her industry when she sounds American. So I'm curious, did you ever try and sound American?
0: Didn't try sound American. It was just the, you know, the the masking of the 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 extra roughness, the mm. slang. Um, yeah. If I tried to sound American, it's probably going to be like, well, it's not going to work.
1: <laughs> it's so fascinating when you talk about the mask and like your 90 day goal of taking down the mask. And it's all about, you know, being authentically you and, and, and your unique self that, that is part of basically what you do is teaching others to be authentic and they're selling. Isn't it always fascinating that the, there's such an alignment between our Oh, yeah. Current, you know our inner struggles yeah. and and our our hopes and dreams for ourselves and what we are are driven to help others do as well like that's our drive our passion
0: yeah big time i mean because that's it you connect with it yeah so yeah um you know one thing that makes me i said this to my wife the other day i don't My dad never told me that he was proud of me. Now I know he—he's passed away, but I know he was proud of me. But he never said the words. I find it hard to tell people that I'm proud of them, especially my wife, for example. Like my wife does things and like like good stuff. Um, but one thing that does, and I told her that I was proud of her the other day, because one thing that makes me proud of people, yeah, is when they face fears. I'm so connected to that because I've done it so much in my life where. You know, I'm always trying to face things that scare me. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I think it was about five years ago, I did a 30-day fear challenge, which every day I had to do something that scared me. Um, so I really respect it when I see someone, and I don't care how big or small it is. Yeah. Do not care what it is, but when I see someone where they're like, this scares me and they they do it, I respect that. And I feel proud. And my wife did something um at work last week where she had to get up and do a talk. Um, and it was scary for her. And I was proud of her for that. Um, so yeah, totally the things that we've been through, that's what we connect with. That creates what you know our philosophy is and what we 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 talk about. So yeah, I always talk about being authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Your content. Your content's the gateway to your building your business these days. Mm. Um, and if you can't be authentic, then shut. Man, you are crikey. you're a crikey, man. Crikey. Uh, by the way that's like uh no one says crikey no, no one said except for crocodile dundee that movie has like made us look like we're not
1: i love it i love it my favorite is bob's your uncle that's one of my favorites
0: bob's your uncle yeah definitely. I, do you ever say that one no i don't say bob's your uncle nah it's uh, you know what i don't know what else have you got
1: Um, oh, what's the other one? I love to say. I can't think of it. I learned so much from my husband when we were dating. And then when I moved here, like it was like learning a foreign language. Some of the slang. It Um, really is. Yeah. I love Senga, um, AVO for avocado, but then AVO can also mean afternoon, like very confusing. Um, yes. Right.
0: Well, funny you say that because that reminds me of a story when we were in New York. And, for example, avo. I say yes. avo. Yeah, avo. And then yes, avo, avo, avo. <laughs> but when you said it,
1: the vowel. Yes. Well,
0: I don't know. I reckon there's a bit of a difference. But when you said there it, is. I couldn't notice the difference. When you said, yeah. it, I couldn't notice it. And how's this? We were in America. Um, we were in uh, New York once, and I had, um, I had a jacket that I needed to get. Um, like brought in, you know, to kind of fit me, tailored, yeah, yeah, tailored. So I'm walking around and like I, I typed in my phone where a tailor was, and it said it's on this corner. And we're at the front of the corner. And we're like, where is this place? And I'm like, it's not here. So I went up to someone that was on the corner of a street. So I'm like, well, oh, this must be like a locals. I'll just ask the locals. I'm like, hey, mate, and like, is uh, is there a tailor here? Sort of tailor around here? And he's like. And like, is, is there a, a, t- a tailor like i'm like showing in my phone and i'm like you know you know t- uh, suit tailors or something but like he's like just look at me with this confused look and i'm like yeah like i've got my suit here and i want to get it tailored and he's like oh tailor as in <laughs> yeah. tailor and i'm like that's what i said and but, but it's the thing it's like tailor He was thinking of saying the guys or the girl's name, Taylor, as in Mm -hmm. what's that, Hanson? Taylor Hanson, right? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. But I was saying Taylor, which is pronounced the same in Australia, Taylor the person's name, Taylor Swift, or Taylor, the suit tailoring, said the exact same way, but in America it's slightly different. And even though there's the context of how I was saying it, he just didn't get off saying the suit tailor. Thought I was looking for some random tailor. Yeah. He's looking around. He's like, I don't know why you're asking me about this tailor person. So it's, I think um, that's funny because, um, you know, the Americans have these tiny, 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 tiny differences, which you guys can hear. Mm -hmm. We can't hear it. We can't hear it.
1: You know, to do the opposite, there's been a couple of times, I don't know why, but Mm -hmm. I go to an ice cream shop and I think what happens is like, maybe it's an American thing. Like we have more words that we'll say before we actually get to what we want. So instead of saying like what flavor ice cream I want, like I would say, can I get a scoop of Rocky road? And they would right. come back with two scoops. And I'm like, "Huh?" I, I say, can I get a scoop of, and then I come back with two scoops and it happened twice. And I'm like, why is that? I'm like, what is getting lost in translation where they That's think weird. I want two scoops? And then I was like, well, maybe it's because the scoop, like, ooh, two, like they thought that was two. And they, uh, I don't yeah, know, yep. right? And scoop. so there, there is some like mm. lost in translation with accents sometimes where, yeah. you know, in, in relating to business, like what what happens is, is like, we have our accents and we never want to lose our accent because that is our, that's like our fingerprint. Like that's who we u- uniquely are. But when we're speaking to a global audience, usually what I say to people is we've just got to create a little bit more openness and clarity so that we can be understood. So things don't get lost in translation is sometimes mm, they do.
0: That's definitely, that's definitely true. Um, one thing that uh, I do say say when I take on uh, new clients or something like that, and they are American, I just say to them, Hey, look, you know my accent. I'm going to say some weird stuff. Um, <laughs> if anything ever, ever doesn't make sense, you just pull me up and go, Hey, Luke, what was that word you said? Or, Sorry, yeah. Luke, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, just just prepare yourself. I'm going to say some random things.
1: I love so, it. So, yeah. uh, I
0: guess if you're doing a keynote presentation in front of a group of, you know, a thousand people, that wouldn't really work that strategy otherwise you might have a lot of people putting their hands up excuse me
1: can you repeat yeah that? exactly so, yeah that I call sense. it accent enhancement and it's just you know about creating that clarity so people can fully understand you all right well this has mm-hmm. been super fun i want to wrap up i want to ask you about your your acting your new endeavors into the acting world mm-hmm. uh so what what's like spark that interest but what, what made you one day go you know what I want to start acting as well
0: yeah well this is like it's been um you know Matthew McConaughey right
1: yes I know him uh, well
0: have you have you read the um you know him personally you're good mates with him
1: <laughs> no but uh you know you never know the acting world is small you never know you will run into someone
0: I, um, so last year, what happened was someone reached out to me, like some company that sold these, um, uh, this exercise massage thing. They said, Hey, we've got this massage gun. Um, we'll send you one for free. You know, we've kind of seen your content. We'd love for you just to do a quick video saying you use the massage gun and you liked it. Mm. Obviously, it's got to be real. We'll send you a message going, you have it for free, and then we'll pay you. I think it was like 130 US dollars just to do a quick video of me going, hey, this, we'll use this thing. So it kind of started from that, right? Um, I'm like, ooh, I can kind of get free stuff um, for like doing nothing and get paid for it, right? So it kind of happened like from there. Um, and then I did this. I got introduced into this job of uh, my first kind of official could say acting job because the first one was like meet us at home.
1: It's like that user generated content, like the UGC so. kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah it, it is that. Yeah, it is that. It is that. um I must say that doing that, I, I even though it was cool, I'm like I'm not doing this again because they kind <laughs> of like they were like, oh sweet, can you do it this way and that way, and it's like, all right, mm-hmm. cool, great experience. It was great. I got a free massager which I still use. I got paid for it, but I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this again, right? Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I got that person there knew someone that was for this other job, which was like for a ho- Hilton Hotel. Do you have Hilton Hotel in the states? Um, yeah,
1: Hilton. Are you talking about that is American? Like,
0: yeah, Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton. Hilton. Yeah, right. There you yeah. go. So basically, they reached out to me and said, hey, look, um, would you? Want to? We'll pay you, and it wasn't that much money. It was like five hundred bucks, right? Um, they said, "Would you be interested? Interested in? We just want like a someone to kind of use the facilities. You'll be with a girlfriend, and you're just going through. Pay you five hundred bucks. You come in, um, you eat at our restaurant, you drink our cocktails, and we'll pay five hundred bucks. We just want to film you using the facilities of the hotel. And I'm like. All right. <laughs> and then I did it and I was like, oh, this was fun. I was like, man, it was like, <laughs> it was so fun. Like it was such a blast. Um, number one, it was a little bit uncomfortable because you know, going in then, hey, I'm comfortable with filming myself and my wife holding the phone, and my mate holding the phone, but this was like a crew of people. Mm. And um, it was uncomfortable, which I love getting uncomfortable. Like because it pushes myself. I got paid for it, but I had fun. Um, I met great people, and that there was like, I like this. I like this because, you know, my vision, which is um, a 2030 vision, is, you know, we want to build the greatest program for coaches in the world. And it's not about the, the biggest or anything like that. What it is, is building a program where you, we can give our clients an experience that they'll never get anywhere else, right? You know, of course, they want to come in and grow their coaching business, but we give them so much more than that. We give them insight how really a world-class program runs and operates. You know, I've been inspired a lot by James Webmore, yeah? Mm. Um, And I think about all the time, okay, my 2030 vision, who do I have to be? And I know in 2030, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be speaking in front of thousands of people. I'm going to be having things like what James Wedmore does, those in studios where it's got the massive studio and you're doing the, you know, that type of thing. And I'm like, I have to get there. So right now I'm just filming from home and in the street and stuff. What's the point where I'm going to have to step up there? So right. it kind of happened from that. Yeah. I'm like, it's had so many things. Number one, getting paid. Number two, having fun. But really importantly is that it's building a skill set in me, which is going to help me get to my vision. Yeah. Um. So I just built from there. Um. And the Matthew McConaughey thing. So he teamed up with. Do you know Dean Graziosi? I think you pronounce it.
1: Yes. Why do I know that name?
0: Kind of like Tony Robbins, kind of right hand. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They all teamed up and um and basically Dean and Tony went to Matthew McConaughey after kind of reading his book Green Lights, which I. I listened to last year, which was awesome. I loved it. And they said, man, your philosophies about life are just the way that you articulate and, and, and storytell, man, let's team up and, uh, we need to build you a course. The world needs to hear you. Yeah. The green lights was like his book, which just talks about stories he's been through in life and life lessons. He said that Dean said that I read that I loved it, but I felt that it was just like, okay. There was no next steps. There was no like, how do I implement this into my own life so it can benefit me? Mm-hmm. So that was why his pitch to Matthew McConaughey he said, Hey, look, you got an awesome story. You got an awesome philosophies. Let me help you turn that into a course that people, that so many people around the world need to have for themselves so they can, you know, get the life lessons um, like you have and move forward and get past the things that they're struggling with. So I bought that course. I was like, you know, I was like on a bit of a Matthew McConaughey, um, uh, you know, uh, had a bit of a, uh, what's the call when you love a guy?
1: Bromance.
0: Bromance. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey, like a bro, bromance. Had a bromance for Matthew McConaughey. A
1: distance bromance. That's
0: it. A distance bromance. Yep. So I bought that course and I I, I looked at that course and for how many courses that I've done, this was like, Whoa. This is a course I've never seen before. What it is, and this is why I guarantee they're going to be popping up way more now. This is a course run by a world-class actor. And actors, the way they communicate is like no one else. You, you, you put Tony Robbins at this, because they had this little seminar, online seminar. There's like millions of people online, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Tony Robbins, unbelievable communicator, but he's got this personal persona and and vibe about him. Matthew McConaughey gets up and it's just so different. Yeah. And, you know, generally coach is when we teach. We've got this coaching vibe. Matthew McConaughey was coaching, but man, he had such a different vibe. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that there I want. That's going to give me a massive point of difference to all this coaching market. That there, if I can become like a little bit like that, that vision that's going to help me get my vision. So once I saw that course, I'd already started this acting thing, but not really thought about it. I'm like, I'm going to use this acting thing to develop my storytelling, my characters,
1: letting
0: all this stuff out. And man, it's having an effect, Catherine. Yeah. Cause like in yeah. my content far out, it's made it such a difference in the last six months.
1: Yeah. Content's got well, way better. You know, that's what I coach, right?
0: Yeah. Well, there that's you go. Literally,
1: literally what I coach on. It makes such a difference. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so anyone listening to this, such like a go, go hire Catherine because it is it is makes such a difference for me. Yeah. And I'm only yeah. just beginning. I'm only just starting with this stuff. Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because we release a new podcast every single week. And if you're getting value out of this, then share it. Share it with the world. Share it with someone that you know that would also benefit from it. And hey, tag us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page, and we'll give you a shout out for the support. Thank you so much. Let's get back into this.
1: So as a personal brand, you're not just the face and the voice of your brand. Um, Well, you're the face and the voice of your brand, which means you're an actor, you're a presenter, you are a voiceover person, you are a model, you're all of these things, but you're not equipped with all of these things you have like an actor like Matthew McConaughey or myself, like I've been acting for over 30 years. I've been on stage. I've been on screen. I've, I've been, you know, character voices in animated TV shows. I've done radio. I've done commercials. I've done movies. I've, I've been on stage. Those are skills that take a while to master and perfect. And what happens Mm -hmm. is all of us, you know, we get into the space and we're asked to do these things that we've never had to do before yeah, so and true. to be able to do them well. You know, hey, put out a Facebook ad and be the face of your ad. Well, people don't know how to do that. You know, these yeah. are skills that now you're understanding and appreciating that there is a mastery level there and how much it can enhance uh, the level of your coaching selling your programs the experience that for, that you create for people inside of the programs that's you know been the thing that I've noticed the most is yep. most people don't know how to present they don't know how to connect on camera or in front of a microphone and it, it slows down the selling process but it also uh decreases the uh results that you could have for people in your program if they can't follow along because they're they're tuning you out. So I'm excited. Mm, That is so
0: true. And I love how you put it because it it is like you're playing all those roles. Um, And if you haven't had the training for it, no wonder why people find it so bloody hard. So, yeah.
1: Oh, well, well done. Well, thank you, Luke. It's been such a joy having you on the podcast. Tell us where can we find you if we've got, I'm sure we've got some female American coaches or anywhere around the world that would be wanting to work with your fabulous self. How do we find you?
0: Instagram's the probably the easiest, at Luke underscore page.
1: Awesome. And we'll have it in the show notes for you as well. Make sure to give them a follow. Thanks so much, Luke. It's been such a joy having a conversation with you. Thanks
0: for having me on. Hey there, I hope you loved today's episode. And If you did, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to this on right now. You see your help and support allows us to spread this podcast across the world and we can't do it without you. Apart from that, make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page.